0: Chapter 45 of Carpenter's Geographical Reader, North America. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Carpenter's Geographical Reader, North America, by Frank Carpenter. Chapter 45 Central America today we leave mexico for a trip through central america in going from the southern boundary of mexico to the isthmus of panama we have to travel almost as far as from new york to chicago the journey requires several days if taken by sea and should we go the whole way by land we would be months in getting from one point to the other central america is not thickly populated it has not in all its states together as many people as there are in the city of new york the people are much like the mexicans say that there are more indians among them the country is not unlike mexico with tropical lowlands and a strip of plateau upon which are high volcanic mountains in the mountains we see men and women at work mining gold and silver in some places the indian women are washing gold out of the streams the climate of central america is hotter than that of mexico it grows warmer and warmer as we go southward and on the lowlands the vegetation becomes more and more tropical we find excellent coffee lands in many of the states in honduras we visit plantations where vast quantities of bananas are raised for the american markets the plants are started from suckers pulled from the banana plants already grown the suckers are set in the earth about 15 feet apart. They grow rapidly, soon reaching a height far above your head, and spreading out their long, wide leaves. At the age of 10 months, the first fruit can be gathered. Large bunches of green bananas now hang down from the stalks of the plant. They are pulled down almost to the ground, and then the stalk is cut next to the fruit with a long knife. The bananas are cut when they are green and put upon shipboard for export. It takes several days for them to reach our markets, and they have time to ripen during the voyage. Another product of Central America, which finds its way to all parts of the United States, is chocolate, or cocoa. It is made from the seeds of the fruit of the cacao tree, which is cultivated in Mexico and Central America. The tree is planted just as we plant peach or apple trees. It is carefully cared for, and after a few years it bears a red or green fruit about eight inches long in which are the seeds known as chocolate nuts or cacao beans the seeds are very oily and they are allowed to ferment before they are dried they are ground up into a powder some of the oil being taken out in the process of preparation the powder pressed into cakes forms the chocolate which is sold in our stores much of our journey in central america must be through the forests no other part of the grand division has such dense woods as are found here the trees grow to a great height and thickness they are bound together by snake-like vines and the vegetation is so dense that in passing through the woods it is impossible to advance more than a few miles each day travel is quite dangerous in the forest regions there are many poisonous snakes there are centipedes scorpions vipers and all sorts of horrible creeping things we see many wild beasts there are panthers and jaguars there are herds of peccaries or wild hogs and monkeys by the hundreds jump from tree to tree there are humming-birds not much larger than bumblebees. there are wild parrots and other birds of the most gorgeous plumage here and there in the woods we find lumber camps where men are cutting down mahogany, ebony, and rosewood trees, to be shipped to all parts of the world, for making furniture. The camps are usually on the banks of a river, the lumber being dragged by oxen to the stream and floated down to the seacoast. A mahogany camp consists of a collection of log cabins, in which from thirty to fifty men live and work, under an overseer called a captain. There is one man among them who is known as the Hunter— who goes through the forest and picks out the trees fit for cutting this man knows a mahogany tree as far as he can see it and he understands just how large it should be to make good lumber the mahogany grows to an enormous size in central america the trunks of some trees being sixty feet high before the branches begin at certain times of the year the leaves of the mahogany are colored as brightly as the leaves of our forests in autumn it is this color which forms the guide to the hunter who having climbed to the top of some high tree picks out with his eye the places where the mahogany trees are and plans just how to get to them no trees are cut down which are less than eight feet in circumference and it has been calculated that a mahogany tree must be three hundred years old before it is ready for lumber the wood is of such value that it brings high prices everywhere there are also India rubber trees these trees in central america do not grow more than fifty feet high sometimes in gathering the sap the rubber trees are cut down sometimes they are left standing and the bark is cut away in strips from the top of the tree to its roots holes are made in the ground at the ends of the strips and these are so plastered with leaves that they make a bowl in which the sap is caught as it oozes out and rolls down after the sap has been collected it is allowed to harden and is then kneaded into cakes for the markets the cities of central america are few all of them are small and we find them not unlike the mexican towns we have visited many of them are back from the sea and few of the interior cities can be reached by railroad from the pacific coast but there are a number of good harbors along the coast as we near the isthmus of panama we find that the country grows more and more narrow until at the town of panama the distance between the pacific coast and that of the caribbean sea is only forty-five miles is not this a narrow strip of land which ties the two divisions of america together yes indeed but with its rough highlands it is big enough to form a great barrier to the east and west commerce of the world could we sink the isthmus of panama or a slice of central america under the sea ships in going from new york to san francisco would not have to sail round south america a distance of more than eight thousand land miles would be saved and asia would be several weeks nearer our atlantic coast and europe the advantages of such a route are so great that plans have been formed to make canals through the isthmus of panama and through that part of central america farther north in which lake nicaragua lies lake nicaragua is about half the size of lake ontario it has an outlet to the caribbean sea through the san juan river and by means of locks such as we saw at the st mary's falls steamships might be lifted through this river into the lake and thence by a short canal from the west coast of lake nicaragua down into the pacific ocean our government is much interested in this undertaking and it is probable that the canal will sometime be completed at present however there is no chance to get across central america by sea so we take the little railroad that runs from one side of the isthmus of panama to the other and within a few hours find ourselves at the town of cologne on the caribbean sea from this place we take a ship which lands us again in new york End of chapter forty five End of Geographical Reader, North America by Frank Carpenter